Good evening. Good evening. Hey. Uh, my name is Ben Sherbarth, and I sound a little loud. Um, we'll some more work on that. This evening, we're going to be addressing the sin of what well, the lie that we tell ourselves that God hates the sin and the sinner. Uh, as far as announcements go, I only have one. Tonight, we're going to be hearing about judgment. We're going to be talking a lot about judging others and how you shouldn't do it. Except for one time, uh, on September 10th, we're going to be holding a chili cook-off where you are welcome to come and judge your fellow Christians. <laughs> it's going to be here at, fate, uh, at the celebration. It's going to be uh, in the afternoon. When does this start? Is it around 3 o'clock or 3.15? Not 2.30. Uh, well, the, you'll be bringing your chilies in at 2.30. Uh, you'll see the sign-up out on the board. You'll also find it on the Face website. I don't believe we have any other announcements. So uh, let's begin our service with a time of fellowship uh, brought together uh, as we greet each other, and then we'll be brought back together to sing. Peace. Peace to you. Peace, Phil. Bob, peace. Hello there. Dave, the front roll for you.
confess to the Lord. Father God of our hearts, we come to you to repent. Forgive us for what we have done and what we have left undone. We have been fixing our eyes on the things of this world. Forgive us not focusing our eyes on you alone, Lord. We have let our fears and our anxieties cause us not to come to you. Forgive us for not leaning on the truth and love of you and your word. Father, we have sinned and need forgiveness. Have mercy on us, O Lord, and cleanse us of our sin. Amen. The Bible tells us that when we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us from all unrighteousness. Upon this confession as your brother in Christ, I can assure you that God forgives all of your sins. Your sin is removed from you as far as the east is from the west. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Be seated.
death and resurrection. Why should I gain from his reward? I cannot give an answer, but this I know. All the children are invited up as Ms. Seisky has your message. Hey guys, come on up. Come have a seat. All right. Hello, hello. So I have two rocks I want to show you. Come on over. And I want you to tell me which one you think, like if you were going to give one to a friend, which one you think would be way better. So my first one, it's kind of shiny. It's got a pinkish color to it, pretty big, kind of heavy. It's really cool looking, it sparkles. I can see kind of in the light how it sparkles. That one's really cool. All right, let's see. And then I have this one, brown. Feels really rough, kind of dirty looking. Hmm, which one would you rather have? What do you think? The first one, right? Very cool looking. Hmm. Anybody else rather have the first one? Yeah, yeah it's kind of cool. I like it just from looking at it. Now, I don't know much about this rock. I'd have to do some research. What would happen if I broke it open? Well, this one's already kind of, you know, I think however this one looks on the outside, Kind of looks the same way on the inside. This rack <clears throat> breaks open. Oh, cool, right? Look at all those gems inside. We didn't know that was in there until it got broken open, right? Now which rack seems cooler? The first or the second? The second one, right? Yeah. You know, we sometimes do the same things. I know for some of you, school is gonna be starting really soon. I know we're starting school really soon. And you might meet some new people, might meet some new friends. And sometimes we like to just look at what's on the outside, you know? What toys are they playing with? What are they wearing as we get a little bit older? And we like to kind of judge people on the outside on the way they look. We're lucky though, 
because we have a God that doesn't look at our outside. We have our God that knows what's on our inside. So even though sometimes things don't look real pretty, sometimes the things we do on the outside aren't very pretty, right? We don't listen to our parents or mean to our brothers or sisters. We're not very pretty on the outside. But we have a God who knows exactly what's on our inside. And he wants us to be just like him. He doesn't want us to judge people by what we see on the outside, but to get to know them and to know exactly what's on the inside. Because if we really get to know people, we might find out some really cool things about them that we wouldn't have known were there. All right, can you guys fold your hands with me, please? I'm gonna say a quick prayer. Can you repeat after me? Dear God, we are thankful that you do not judge us by how we look on the outside. Help us to look at others the same way that you look at them. Amen. Thanks for coming up, guys. You can head back to your seats. Our first reading for today is taken from Romans chapter 5, verses 6 to 11. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only this, so, but not, not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. You know, stand for the gospel message. Found in John chapter 18, verses 1 to 11. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such woman. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the oldest ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. 
Then neither, then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Here ends our reading. Congregation may be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is such a joy to be able to come here and participate in a worship service like this because it is very different than my normal job. I actually work at Spectrum Cable Company. I'm the guy that helps you program your remotes. For the past few years, I've been working at home, which has been a huge blessing, I love it. But before that, for several years, I actually worked at the office, at the uh, call center. Now, this is probably gonna come as a surprise to most of you, but not everybody loves their cable company as much as I'm sure you guys do. As such, Spectrum, like most large businesses, will have a security team. They hire a group that comes in, they rotate guards about once a month, and they sit at the, at the desk right near the entrance. Where from where I used to sit, I could look down and I could see the security guard sitting there. Saw the same thing day after day, and after a while it started to bother me. I saw that people would walk by the guard every day. No one even acknowledged he was there. Could have been a log for all they knew. They didn't look at him, didn't say hi to him. They just walked on by him. And I did the same thing, actually. Kind of got on my heart and I said, you know what, I'm gonna be different. So Spectrum would always send out these emails kind of introducing the guard every time we got a new one. And I looked back in all of the emails that I got, I went and found his name. His name was Garrett. So the next day, 6 a.m., which is when I start, walked in there, nobody else was in the lobby, just the guard. And I walked in and said, morning, Garrett. He looked up, shocked. Someone was finally talking to him. I made eye contact, pointed, gave him the nod, walked on. Good job, Ben. Next day, same thing. How's it going, Garrett? He looked up, we locked eyes. I went on with my day. Day after day, I did this. Every now and then, I would look down at the guard's desk. Everybody else was still walking by. Nobody was saying hi to him. I reasoned, you can't control other people's actions. All you can do is control your own. So I continued. Day after day, weeks went by, and eventually the month ended, and a new security guard was there. In all that time of me saying hi to Garrett, he never once said hi to me. Not once. Honestly, I felt that was kind of rude. But I didn't know what was going on in his life, and it gave me time to reason that I was not doing this for him, for him to give me something. I was doing this to let him know that I cared. I took the time to know who he was, and that was my gift to him. And again, as I said, I didn't know what was going on in his life. It's nice, however, that God will sometimes give us insight to help us understand. In the going away email that Spectrum would always put out about uh, secure, the security guards, I looked at Garrett's email and I found out some things about him. I found out that he has a wife and young child. I found out he was an, average hunt, he was an avid hunter. And I also found out his name was Tom. <laughs> Apparently I had looked back at the wrong email. So in my effort to demonstrate that I cared more than my fellow employees, I carried that out by calling the guy the wrong name for three weeks. <laughs> Apparently, I was not much better than them at all. In our text for today, we find Jesus in the middle of his ministry. He had been growing in popularity. He was well known as a wise teacher and, a, and an incredible miracle worker. 
The Pharisees did not care much for this, but they couldn't do anything about the miracle working, but they could possibly do something about him being looked at as a wise teacher. So they figured they're gonna give him a question that was unanswerable. They were gonna get the crowds to follow them again. You see, at this time, you had Roman rule in Israel. And as such, the Israelites were not allowed to put people to death. They weren't allowed to condemn people. And so the Pharisees brought to Jesus a woman who had been caught in adultery. Now, the Greek is kind of interesting here because what it shows is that she was caught in the actual act. It's like somebody burst into the room and saw it happening. She was guilty. Now, it is a kind of an unusual situation because if that was the case, where's the man? But that notwithstanding, they brought this question to Jesus. And they said, teacher, in the law of Moses, it, it, it uh, mandates that we condemn women such as these. What do you say? Now, the law they're referring to is actually found in Deuteronomy 22, saying, if a man is found sleeping with another man's wife, both the man who slept with her and the woman must die. You must purge the evil from Israel. They weren't making this up. They had basis for this, and they weren't just nosy neighbors. These were, the, these were the civil leaders. They were the moral leaders. And so they were the ones that explained how you follow God's law, what you do, how you, how you honor God with your life. And there's further mandate for what they were saying because in Ezekiel, God talks about how those who have God's word have a responsibility for sharing it with others. It says... Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the people of Israel. So hear the good words I speak and give them warning from me. When I say to a wicked person, you will surely die, and you do not warn them or speak out to dissuade them from their evil ways in order to save their life, that wicked person will die for their sin, and I will hold you accountable for their blood. But if you do warn the wicked person, and they do not turn from their wickedness or from their evil ways, they will die for their sin, but you will have saved yourself. This was a trap, very clear. And yet nonetheless, it was a good question. Were they wrong for what they said about her? Were they wrong for what they assumed should happen to her? Now we live in a different time. We don't stone people the way they used to. We are not legalistic the way the Pharisees were. We are very grace-based. And I don't mind sharing this with you. In all my time here at Faith and all my time here at Celebration, I have never once come around the corner and found Pastor Dan or Pastor Aaron or Pastor Adam sitting there with a notebook watching me to see if I thought did something wrong. Hasn't happened. I don't expect it to. We are very forgiving. We are very understanding. As Jesus himself said, if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn them also the other cheek as well. And he also said, if your brother or sister sin against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. This is how we live our lives. We are very forgiving. We understand the gospel. We understand the cross and that God can forgive anything. So somebody comes to you and says, I've taken God's name in vain. Do you think God can forgive me? We say, yes, absolutely. They say, I've I've spoken back to my parents. Do you think God forgive me? Yes, absolutely. I've lied. Do you think God forgive me? Yes, absolutely. I've stolen. Can he forgive me? Yes, absolutely. I've coveted. Yes, absolutely, he can forgive you. I've abused a child. 
Oh, I, I think he can. I'm, ooh, that's a tough one, right? We're very gospel-oriented most of the time. We're very forgiving most of the time. But every single one of us knows that there are certain sins that are worse than others. Every single one of us probably has a list of people who is a worse sinner than us. And so when we come across these sins, the forgiveness slows down, the pointing fingers come out, and we show ourselves to be much the same as the Pharisees, still walking around with a pocket full of stones. Now we'll have reasons. We'll have good explanations as to why these sins are worse than others, but it really comes down to two main ideas. One, which is the less common reason, is this, that there's something in that sin that appeals to us. And when we see it in other people, it bothers us. And so vicariously, we want to crush it in us by crushing them. Or the second one is more common, and it goes a little something like this. I'm a sinner, but never on my darkest day would I have done what that person just did. They really deserve to get what's coming to them. This is not how we're supposed to live our lives. This lie is so ubiquitous, and yet it's completely false. There's the, the truth is every sin, every Christian is capable of every sin, full stop. Given enough time, given the proper circumstances, we are all capable of the very worst sins. Or did the Bible say without reason, you who think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. None of us are as strong as we think we are. We must be very careful in what we do. But for the sake of argument and for our discussion today, let's say we come across this sin that we would never do. On the long list of sins, it is at the very end. And we say, I would never do that. And Jesus would say, you know what? You're right. You wouldn't commit adultery. You, and you haven't abused anyone. But what have you done? What sins have you committed? Because this idea of dignified sins for Christians and undignified sins that only unbelievers would do, God didn't come up with that. We created that. We're the ones that established this idea that that there are certain sins that are okay. At no point in time did God ever allow these sins to exist. The lesson that we're learning today in this section is not that the woman was okay, not that she didn't do anything wrong, not that the abuser isn't awful, but the point is we are just as bad, that we've done all of these things wrong ourselves, that we are just as hateable as everyone else, and yet God doesn't hate us. Yet God loves us. The amazing answer that God gave, that Jesus gave to the Pharisees is amazing not only in its wisdom, but also in its mercy. That he said to them that those who are without sin cast the first stone is so that they and us can think back and realize that we need a savior every bit as much as that woman did. That we are just as guilty and yet God who is there and he really should condemn us, doesn't. Yet instead, he shows us mercy. Jesus, as the Pharisees dropped the stones and went away, Jesus let the woman go too. 
He let the woman go because he knew that a time for punishment would come, but it wasn't gonna be on her and it wasn't gonna be stones. Jesus let her go. He let the Pharisees go. He let us go because he knew that when the time for punishment came, it was gonna be nails and a cross. Jesus did this because he wanted to restore our relationship with him. It's an amazing thing that Jesus wiped our debt clean because it is so important for us to understand that we were every bit as guilty as other people, not to downplay our sin, but in fact, to look at just how grievous they were. Because when a woman with a sinful life came and was weeping at Jesus' feet, Jesus talked about her and the gratitude that she showed with these words. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Jesus shares this idea so that when we realize just how much we've been forgiven, our joy is overwhelming. We serve God in, these so, in so many ways out of thankfulness. We do what Jesus said and we go and we realize that there is no sin in our life that's a small sin. Uh, a sin that we can let slide. We push them away. We focus on what God, God says and we apply it to ourselves. When we're here in the, in the church, we have such a great opportunity to hear God's word and it's different than anywhere else because everywhere else God says to be selfless and to think of others first, but here God wants you to focus on yourself, to hear God's message and apply it to us first before anyone else. That's what Jesus was saying when he said, first, take the plank out of your own eye. Well, here we go. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. As we focus on the word, we're not ignoring anybody else around us. We just realize that godly actions and a faithful life begin with us. So that's where we focus. As we root out sin in our life, we... Trust that God, when the time is right, is going to bring other people into our lives, brothers and sisters in Christ who are struggling with sin right now or the guilt of the past, and we're not going to compare. We're not going to weigh our lives versus theirs. We're going to offer the forgiveness that God has given us. The lie that God hates the sin and the sinner is a lie, and it was proven a lie by the very life of Christ. Christ came and died for us. Our God loves us. Our God then changed us, and now our God sends us. God sends us with a message, wherever you're at, whatever your vocation is, whatever purpose you have in life, you are being sent with the message of hope. Hope for the unbeliever who struggles with their sin and struggles with their guilt. Hope for the believer that's living in the guilt of the past. Hope of a restored relationship with God. The message you carry can break down any wall, can change any heart, can turn any life around. We know this for a fact that God can do this for anyone because we saw with our own eyes when God did it for us. Amen. Let us join together in thankfulness and return and, um, thankfulness for God our God has given us by bringing our offerings forward.
Thank you. 
Let us stand for prayer. Dear Lord, it is such a blessing to be able to bring our concerns, our sorrows, our joys before you. We ask that you be with the members of this church here and your church abroad. Watch over them in this dark world. Be with them and their families. Give them a joy in your word, knowing that there is nothing more important in, their, than in this world than to study your word and to walk closely with you. In a nation with so many challenges, be with its leaders. Be with the president and governors and be with all of them, Lord, giving them a heart to serve you. If they've gone astray, bring them back to you. Be with them and give them the wisdom to govern your people. Be with our pastors and our teachers. Give them a fervor for your word and a desire to teach. Be with the Christian families. Let the fathers and mothers, husbands and wives, show your love in this world, reflecting the care that you have given to us. Lord, for those who are hurting, those who are sick, those who are lonely and in distress, bring your comfort to them. Be the, the ear that is always listening. Wipe every tear from their eye. Give them a comfort that only you can deliver. Lord, all this we bring to you as we bring the prayer your son taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.